welcome to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm one of your hosts for today, Lauren Like. And I'm Aaron Schneider. Today we have five guests joining us to talk about programs available to veterans working for the Corps and entering the workforce. But before we begin, we have some messages from our staff to help us celebrate Veterans Day. I'm acknowledging Veterans Day by remembering that when I was on active duty during the Vietnam era, nobody was thanking me for my service. So if you ever get tired of hearing it, just think about how far we've come. Thank you to all our military heroes. Thank you, veterans, for your sacrifice. We wouldn't have what we have today if it wasn't for you. Thank you very much. With us today are Kyle Turner and Sandra Horton, who are human resource specialists. Just month with the Veterans Curation Program, along with Shalou Alberto and Monica Newman, who are both veterans working with the Veterans Curation Program. Thank you, Shalou and Monica, for your service, and thank you all for joining us here today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I want to personally thank all of our veterans for the service and sacrifice to this nation. It's truly appreciated. Kyle, first, I want to start with you. When veterans are applying for positions, what is it that they need to know? And are there any common mistakes when trying to, to get into the federal workforce? Veterans need to know that there are options that allow them to get consideration and preference, maybe beyond the average applicant that's applying. Um, there are special hiring authorities that allow them to receive consideration on our merit promotion announcements, which are typically, would typically only be open to internal employees. Additionally, on our public announcements or DEU announcements, they also can get preference if they meet certain categories, if they're disabled, if they have a campaign medal, things like that. They can get preference potentially on public announcements where they would receive preference over other candidates within that category. Getting that type of preference does, and also applying for special hiring authorities, those do require that certain documentation be submitted. So it is really important that veteran candidates be aware of their options and also thoroughly read the required document section on announcements to make sure they're submitting the right documentation so that they're getting those, that opportunity for that preference and also for special hiring authorities. Great. Thank you, Kyle. Sandra, I wanted to turn to you. When veterans join federal service, they are able to buy back their time. What are the benefits for doing this, and what should veterans know about this? Yes, yes. This Buying back military service is a very, very good benefit for veterans. First thing you need to know is, you know, where to go to get the information, and that's where you come to the Army Benefits Center website that has that um, detailed information for your contact in our office and speaking to a counselor. So one of the benefits would be if, an, if a veteran was not retired military, although you could be retired military, but that is a little more in detail and we can talk about that later. Um, but if a veteran is not retired, for example, they have 10 years of military service. So they perform the service and they're not going to receive a retirement benefit for that time. So what they can do now is make a deposit on that military service, and now this time is benefit to their civilian time. So it gives them more time toward their retirement, more years, and in doing that, it increases their monthly annuity. So the benefit is increasing the annuity and getting more time into your civilian retirement. 
Shalou and Monica, you work for the Veterans Curation Program. Can you tell us a little bit about that program and what it has meant to you in your transition to the workforce? So what has the BCP meant to me? To me, it was a second chance. It actually helped me to learn things that I may have as, as a military, as a, well, my branch of service, I was in the Navy. So as a sailor working in the military, it, it's a different feel and different vibe when you finally become a civilian. So personally, the DCP helped me with growth, connection, opportunity. It actually built up my confidence in um, a lot of different things as far as learning how to work and speak to people. We have so many different acronyms and things that we use in the military, like being a sailor on a ship, that um, I feel like I kind of built up, not necessarily um, I had a, a wall up for myself, but it was just different seeing the civilian side of life after being in the military for so long. Professionally, it gave me a platform, you know, to learn. I made mistakes, a better understanding of working like database entry. It honestly meant like a new start. It meant like a new pattern, a new a new mindset, and a better attitude. So like the transition from being a sailor to a civilian was harder for me than expected. And you know, the rules are slightly different being a civilian than they are being an actual sailor. So to me, it just it really helped me to grow. And I, I mean, just I'm so grateful to even be here for this opportunity. That's what it meant to me and professionally. Thanks, Monica. Shalou, how about you? Well, Aaron, just like Monica, the Veterans Curation Program is a second chance at a second career. After deployment and even after taking a year of sabbatical, returning to the workforce was very difficult for me. The, the program has provided a safe space to reconsider going back to a traditional work environment of working with civilians who have no concept of military service. And just knowing that the people I am currently working with have military experience has considerably lessened my anxiety about going back to work. I found that working with the artifacts silenced the noise in my head and gave me a chance to be at peace. And working with the archives was similar to some of the responsibilities I had in the military and having that familiarity was encouraging and I must say exciting. I enjoyed archiving and I still do. The positive work culture and the easy camaraderie in the lab makes coming to work enjoyable. It's worth waking up in the morning, that's for sure. And the professional development program, especially the speaker series, gives me a chance to explore the different careers within the industry. Getting a chance to work in a world of archaeology, especially the world of cultural resource management, have opened up possibilities for me. I would never have considered this industry an option for employment that there is a workplace conducive to my quiet and hermit-like personality, I am encouraged. Yeah, well, thank you both. It sounds like this is a, has been a great opportunity for both of you. And so, Jess, we wanted to know a little bit more about this program. How are veterans selected to be part of the program? Well, I, I wouldn't say we really have, you know, an ideal candidate in mind. The program is open to, to all veterans who apply. The program was created for post-9-11 veterans, so they have preference. 
But what we're really looking for is individuals who, you know, are ready to move on to that next step in their life. They're ready to, you know, get in there and, and really take advantage of, of all the, you know, opportunities we have to offer and, and want to, you know, learn those transferable skills that Shalou and Monica were just talking about. So, you know, all different, you know, veterans come to the program, all different backgrounds. This is by no means a program meant to train or develop archaeologists. You know, you can really come to this program with, with any background um, and leave this program and, and go on to any, you know, career you choose. So um, it's really just about, uh, you know, veterans that, that are, you know, ready to, to do some work and, and ready to be a part of our program and, and kind of move forward onto whatever that next step is in their life. Thanks. That, that, that's great. This is kind of it seems like a really exciting program. I mean, I heard we heard Shalou talk about the speaker series and really the the goal about having transferable skills. Shalou, in addition to the speaker series, is there any other training that you've gotten experience to or exposed to that that's been able to help you? And then and then we'll ask Monica the same. Well, Aaron, uh, besides the archives training and artifacts training, the professional development program they have is fantastic, not just in helping you translate your military skills into civilian speak, but also uh, connecting you to resources and to employment opportunities available out there and guiding you in making sure that you have practice creating your resumes doing your interviews, and just be prepared to face the workforce and have a conversation with your potential employer. Also having the opportunity to have the time to work on your professional development, whether that's going back to school or doing um, webinar speaker series or taking online courses, they encourage that. And support you along the way and make sure that you do have the time to explore those opportunities. Definitely. Um, this is Monica. If I could just piggyback on what Shalou said as far as the professional growth and development, we actually uh, were able to do mock interviews. I actually did a mock interview with Sarah, who's the lab director here, and Kevin, who's one of the managers here. We do mock interviews where, you know, they'll take our resume and they'll speak to us as if, you know, they're the actual, if we're trying to have an interview, they'll, they'll actually speak to us and critique us and let us know, hey, you know, you can do this a little bit differently. Being here, we've actually had the opportunity to learn how to take museum-quality photos with some of the artifacts that we receive with that from some of the collections that we have. So being here, it's really, again, it's a second chance. Like, it really helps you to narrow in on you know, things that you might get weak in as far as data entry, data entry, um, Excel. This place is probably the best job, even though it's only a few months. It's probably the best thing that could have happened to me. Again, it's helped me to grow, helped me to get out of my shell. I know Shalou spoke a lot about, you know, quieting the noise in her mind. This actually sent me, it sent me in the direction where I'm more interested now in archaeology and the connections that they're able to, she spoke about the um, the series that we have to go through. We basically have a speaker that might talk to us via Zoom, and they'll tell us about different resources that, as veterans, we don't even know exist. I would recommend 
VCT veteran programs to any veteran or anyone who's, you know, not necessarily wanting to stay in the military or someone who's been out of the military and needs additional help, needs that push. This place is a really, it's a great push and a great boost. So I highly recommend VCT. Yeah, great. Thank you, both Shalu and Monica. It does sound like a great program. And so just wondering, where can um, veterans go to apply for the program and get more information? Go right to our website, veteranscurationprogram.org, um, and we have a link there, how to apply. And also on there is a very helpful um, frequently asked question uh, section. So we have two kind of types of labs. We have flagship facilities, and then we have university-based facilities. Um, and you'll find two different sets of questions for those. Um, definitely read through those questions before you apply. There's also an application on that page. And we also ask that uh, individuals uh, submit their DD-214 and a resume if they have one. Yeah, and you can always, there's a contact page too. So if you have any questions, you can reach out to the manager in the location that you are applying to, um, and you should hear back from somebody pretty quickly. Great, thank you. And how long are these positions typically for this opportunity? Yeah, so they're usually five months. Um, you know, we've had to adjust with COVID just like everyone else has. Um, so this current session is a little bit longer, but we're looking to get back kind of on our usual schedule starting in May. So typically sessions are five months long, um, and then we take a month off to just kind of allow the managers to reset. So the, the typical sessions will start in May and then in November again. Okay, great, thank you. So wanted to um, talk a bit about veterans applying for careers in, in federal service. So I wanted to turn back to Sandra, Sandra and Kyle. What advice do you have for veterans when they're applying for careers in federal service? First of all, I would say um, make sure to take, take advantage of all the resources out there for veterans. There are so many resources. It's great to hear about some of the other ones mentioned here. There's webinars that are offered for resume writing. I, I recommend that for everyone, not just veterans, but that's great for veterans to also get out and see some of those webinars that are offered, for instance, on USA Jobs. And when applying, do not be afraid to reach out to the HR contact listed on the announcement. Um, if you get a notification that you're not considered or if you have any questions, make sure to use those resources, reach out and get more information to make sure that you understand the process. I would say also hiring managers maybe don't understand also all the options that they have available to them. So also they would it would be in their interest to reach out to their HR contact as well because there are so many special hiring authorities available that veterans can submit and be hired non-competitively outside of announcements. So that's a great option as well that both veterans and hiring managers should be aware of. Great, thank you, Kyle. Sandra, did you have anything else you would like to add? Yes, thank you. Yes, I would advise um, veterans and as well as just new employees, yes, reach out to, as Kyle said, to, to your HR office, but also to the Army Benefit Center. Um, the Army Benefit Center specialists, uh, you know, we're here and we're ready and we're available to answer questions and needs that you have early in your career as, far, and as well as late in your career. So um, the sooner that you reach out, the better, specifically about your military buyback, because there is a timeline in the process. Uh, we advise that you make those deposits if you wanted to do it earlier rather than later. 
That way you would avoid the extra interest that would be added to um, the account um, because interest is applied after three years. So again, reaching out earlier rather than later. Uh, we have um, through the ABC website, new employee orientation. Through our GRB platform, there's new employee resources that are available for you, but a wealth of information and knowledge that is there on the ABC website, as well as calling into our benefits center and speaking to a specialist. You know, once you say you're a new employee, we have a list, a list of details um, that we follow through with advising you on what a new employee needs to know when they come on board from day one. So it's not at the end of your career when you're considering making a military deposit versus the beginning of the year, because again, that interest has applied um, at that point. Okay, great, thank you. Yeah, those are some great resources out there. And so wanted to just ask, we're going to wrap up here shortly, and so just wanted to, to provide each of our guests here today an opportunity to provide um, some closing thoughts or comments to provide resources for our veterans, um, whether they're looking to get into the curation program or um, coming into federal service. So, uh, Sandra, I'll start with you, then turn to Kyle, and then go to Jess, Shalou, and Monica. So, Sandra? Okay, thank you. So again, I just want to speak on the military buyback. Keeping in mind that with the military buyback, it is a process. Knowing that if you're considering paying back a military deposit, that time must be paid in full prior to separating or retiring. So there is a process for it. Um, it takes about 120 days. That is, you know, pre-COVID. Now with COVID, it may take a little longer, maybe six months to get the process started from beginning to ending. Um, but there are some things that you as the employee must do, as the veteran must do, um, before it comes to our office, the Army Benefit Center, to do our, to do our part. So um, basically, it's a five-step program, a process to it, you know, requesting those earnings, um, getting those earnings back and getting those into the Army Benefit Center, the Army Benefit Center doing their process to get an account set up for you through DFAS. And then you're making those payments in a timely manner in order to avoid those interest that will happen if you don't pay it within the three years. And then finally, you know, requesting your paid in full letter, some very important parts of it, because if you don't have your paid in full, then of course we can't verify that that time has been paid. So you want to make sure you, you do that. But again, please reach out to the Army Benefit Center because we're here, we're ready, and we're willing to assist. Again, from the day that you are on board, to the day that you separate federal service, we are your servicing agency. Great, thank you, Kyle. Yeah, so a lot about what I talked about today um, can be, you can find more information on the OPM website, fedshiervets.gov. They have a lot of information about the preference as well as the special hiring authorities. And I would just say, again, do not be afraid to reach out to the human resource contacts for more information. Great, thank you. Thank you for that website. Jess, any last thoughts from yeah. you? Yeah, I, I wanted to mention, just uh, kind of reiterate that the Veterans Curation Program was started with this kind of dual mission, one to employ veterans, um, but also to curate archeological collections. So it, it, the work that the veterans are doing in the lab on a daily basis is really you know, important work and it, it contributes to history and it helps to, um, you know, stabilize uh, cultural resources so that they're available for future researchers. And, and by doing all of this work, you know, they gain these transferable skills. 
Um, so it's just kind of this great kind of mix of these two missions that, um, you know, benefit people and, and benefit our nation, you know, in, in many ways. And then, you know, just one more thought. One of the biggest things we hear as we do kind of exit interviews as the, the veterans are leaving the program is one of the biggest benefits is the sense of camaraderie um, that develops in the program. Leaving military service and, and just kind of entering the civilian world, a lot of times the veterans feel like they're they're doing it on their own. As they're, you know, in the VCP, they're with other veterans who are going through the same thing. So they, they don't have to do it on their own. They can build these relationships with other veterans, um, and they end up helping, you know, each other. The lab managers are there to, to support them as well. And a lot of these relationships, you know, and friendships continue well after their five months at the BCP has ended. Yeah, so I encourage everybody definitely, um, you know, visit our website, veteransrelationprogram.org, um, and feel free to reach out to myself, you know, or any of the other contacts that are on that website for more information. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Shalou, any last thoughts? Yes, thank you. I just wanted to say that I am thankful for this program. Although I have changed most of my vocabulary to civilian speak, I still do miss the military jargon and the plain speaking that comes along with being a service member. And the managers in the San Mateo lab are very supportive. They're very positive and very encouraging. And I am glad to find this new purpose that is mission-oriented while also advocating for transitioning soldiers. Thank you. Great. Thank you. And Monica? For my last thoughts, I would just like to encourage any veteran who may feel like, you know, oh, there's nothing else I can do once your military time is over. That's not true. I found a new form of camaraderie being here and with everything going on. Like, there's so many resources. There's so much information that I wasn't privy to before where here, you know, it's kind of, you know, they, they push it, to, you know, and, and it's really okay to, you know, ask questions, make mistakes, to take the information and use it to your advantage. Um, I've actually networked and met some prior VCP uh, graduates from here. And, you know, I have like a new outlook on life, I feel, you know, now, whereas before I was just worried about, oh, I have to get a job to take care of my family. I'm now thinking about starting a business and I have BCP and the managers say to thank for that because, you know, they, they lift you up. They keep you positive. They, you know, they, they tell you it's okay. Go ahead and do it. So I, I would just want any veteran, anyone who's interested or who could even be someone to speak to the veterans to hear this, and, you know, really want to come together and help. But please, if a veteran is listening, BCP may be a perfect fit. Great. Thank you. Thank you all for providing these resources and, and talking about your experiences today. You know, you have definitely talked about the, the great opportunities that are available to our veterans, and, and we hope that they'll be able to take advantage of these programs as they uh, move forward. And I, I also want to pause and, and say thank you to Shalou and Monica for your service and to all our veterans out there. We really appreciate the sacrifice that you've made um, for us. So thank you very much. And we'll also pause here to take some time to hear some messages from our listeners to also thank our veterans. 
to all those who have served and those who continue to serve. We thank you for your sacrifice, your bravery, and the example you set for all of us. Thank you, soldiers. Happy Veterans Day. Liberty comes at a price, and the men and women who serve our country are willing to pay that price for our freedom and for our peace. I would like to thank my father for his 20 plus years of service and my uncle who lost his life in Korea. I would also like to end this with a quote from Ronald Reagan. President Reagan said, we remember those who were called upon to give all a person can give. And we remember those who were prepared to make that sacrifice if it were demanded of them in the line of duty. Though it never was, most of all, we remember the devotion and gallantry with which all of them ennobled their nation as they became champions of a noble cause. On this Veterans Day 2020, may God bless you all. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of Inside the Castle. We appreciate you and your insights. To our listeners, we want to hear from you, what topics are important to you, and people you're interested in hearing from. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. To provide your feedback, email us at cw.infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together. 